0: Amen, amen. Another chance to be the new. Well, what does that mean? Huh? It's kind of a kind of a left, open-ended thing, isn't it? Other chance to be the new, whatever new you need to be. Amen. It's kind of the 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 whole New Year's thing. I don't know about you, but I'm um, I'm not going to be making any changes this year, Pastor John. You, you know why I'm not going to be making any changes? I, I look. I started to look at all the things I'd like to be new about, started to just like enumerate them. And and I get a little bit OCD with a little bit of perfectionism mixed in. And I just couldn't choose. I had so many things on my list that I wanted new. I just couldn't choose. So we're just going to be stuck with... (laughs) You're wondering, is this guy serious? No, he's not serious. He's being sarcastic. (laughs) Welcome to church tonight, guys. It's Great to see you, got to see so many of you shake your hands, hug your necks. If I didn't get a chance to shake your hand or, or introduce myself to you or you to me, please hit me up after the service. I want to, I want to meet you. Tonight we are doing a, a message that is a little bit um, uh, near and dear to my heart. Pastor John said we have this message that's kind of in between one series and the other. So, so this is uh, what happens when Pastor John isn't directly directing me. Again, that's a joke, guys. By the time we're done, you're going to get the way a sarcastic guy works with his sense of humor. Well, as we round the corner and we come into a new year, this is that time of year when we ask those um, introspective questions, isn't it? This is the time of year when we um, ask those questions of ourselves that we don't ask other people. The things when everybody's asleep and we're thinking over where we've been and where we're going, we ask ourselves those questions. Who are we? What am I doing? Where am I going? How do I get there? Is this it? Has anybody ever asked, is this it? Anybody who hasn't asked that yet, you're probably like two, right? (laughs) Is this it? Well, as time marches along and we continue marching with it, I'm hoping that we can be encouraged tonight, that we can take on the new year with a sense of anticipation, with a sense of hope, and even with a sense of expectation as we come into um, this new year. Tonight's topic, I hope, is going to help, number one, answer this question, who are we And where are we going? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. And in that order, who are we and where are we going? We're going to lay the big idea today out for you right up front so that you you have it in your heart and and, uh, on your notes and in front of you. The big idea tonight is this. Identity determines destiny. Identity determines destiny. Who are we? And where are we going? Let's look at our text tonight out of First Peter. If you've got a Bible, terrific, you can follow along. If not, we have the NIV version up on the screen. And here's what it says in First Peter chapter 2, verse number four and five. It says, Coming to him as to a living stone which has been rejected by men, but his choice and precious. In the sight of God, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy nation, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, tonight we just approach you one more time, Lord, with boldness and with grace, knowing that we are your people and you are our God. Lord, we ask you to bypass human frailty tonight, the peculiarities of personality and the weaknesses that each one of us have. Somehow, Lord, do what you do and speak to us tonight. Change us, Lord. Give us a word in due season. Some of us are hungry, Lord. Some of us are needy, Lord. Encourage your people, your church tonight. So when Peter talks about that coming to him. And he, and he says that you are living stones. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight, being, being living stones. And you know what he's talking about throughout this whole passage? He's talking about the church, the church. Now, this building, as most of us know, is not the church, is it? What What is the church? The people of God are the church, people who put their faith in Jesus for all, all that they need, all that they need spiritually. We are the church. I want to introduce to you, speaking of church, I'd like to introduce a couple of friends of mine who are here with me at church tonight. Oh, you didn't know, did you? I was going to call you. I I told you guys uh, last week or the week before that I I was going to have my my boy and his bride with me, and I just want to introduce you guys. Stand up real quick, real quick. I'm proud of these guys. That's, Dan, that's Daniel, and uh, that is his wife, Jenna. I actually had the pleasure of marrying them last year. So they've been together a year, and they're the only ones of my direct clan that are not here in Arizona. Yes. 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 Come on down. The weather's fine, right, brother? Oh, my. Well, Daniel and I, we like to get into these. He's, he's kind of like I am. He's a, he's a deep thinker. He likes to think deeply about life and the mysteries of life and why this and how that and why this. And so we got into this really deep conversation. Can you believe it? It's the holidays, the family around. You you don't normally get into those deep discussions. We got into this really, really deep conversation. And I can't believe it, the conclusion that we came to. We were sitting there with this holiday season, and there are some things that are always on Um, TV or cable around the holiday season. There's just some shows that are just holiday oriented. I'm thinking of uh, A Christmas Carol, right? A Christmas Carol. How the Grinch Stole Christmas and uh, Frosty and Rudolph. And they have all those old ones from the 60s even. Kind of fun to watch. So we're getting into this deep conversation. And here was the topic of the conversation. Which is the biggest villain in these Christmas stories? (laughs) When you look at a Christmas Carol, which is, the, which is the villain in the Christmas Carol? Scrooge. Scrooge, of course. Scrooge is the villain in that one, Marley's ghost. He's kind of a good guy, even though he's Marley, right? Scrooge is the, um, the villain. And in A Grinch Stole Christmas, who's the, the villain, of course? The Grinch is the villain. <laughs> A green and all, right? Is that the Jim Carrey version of the Grinch? Oh, it is. Yes, nice, nice. The Jim Carrey version of the Grinch. So we're having this discussion, this deep philosophical interplay between two huge brains. And we're just figuring out all the mysteries of the world. And and I say it was the Grinch of these Christmas stories and these Christmas shows. And he says, no, it's not the Grinch. It's Scrooge. Grinch, Scrooge. How many think the Grinch? Just, Just a quick show. Who's a bigger villain, Grinch or Scrooge? Grinch. Scrooge? Grinch. Everybody else is undecided? Or everybody else is holding out for the one that I didn't put up there, right? Cousin Eddie? Cousin Eddie? That's... <laughs> if he were in a Christmas story, he'd be there. Was that you, Ken? Oh. Oh, yeah, okay. Why? How about Mr. Potter? It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. Oh, yeah. Come on, y'all. I, I could tell by that collective... Hey that everybody loves Mr. Potter here, don't you? We love Mr. Potter. Well, what, what is the deal um, between those guys? Um, the thing is, you got, you got the Grinch, you've got Scrooge, you've got Mr. Potter. The first two changed, didn't they? The first two, the, the, the Grinch had that little tiny heart, and then he had a, a really big heart. We are going somewhere, brother, I promise you. Hang on for a little bit. We're, we're going somewhere. But his heart became bigger, and what happened? He brought all the presents back, didn't he? His heart changed, and he was full of smiles and Christmas songs. And and who's ever going to forget when Scrooge wakes up from the dream and he throws open the window, do you remember? Sticks his whole body out the window and sends the kid over to get the big uh, goose from the, the dinner for Cratchit and family. So these guys had things that happened within them that changed what they did around them, right? The, the inward change, which is identity in our big idea, identity determines destiny. That inward change was identity. And because the inside was different or changed, their identity was changed, the world around them or their destiny was changed and followed suit. And we're going to kind of see that, I hope, um, as we go along here that identity determines destiny and that the inside must change first jesus said in matthew 16 18 he said i will build my church and the gates of hell or hades will not overpower it anybody glad that that is the case yes 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 me too me too i will build my church And the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Did you see within the context of that little short verse the the interplay between identity and destiny? Check it out. I will build my church. So he builds, not this building, he builds us. And how does he build us? Does he pick a leg or do that? No, no, no. He starts from the inside, doesn't he? When he makes you a member of a church, um, in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, it says that, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I will build my church identity and the gates of Hades won't prevail against it. Destiny, identity determining destiny. Imagine somebody walks into your house and they, and they come up and you've cooked the beautiful Christmas dinner like so many of us. I'm sure had, and, and they, somebody walks into your house, you don't know who they are, they just muscle right up to the table, spread the chairs apart, pull up a, a stool or a piano bench or something, plop right down, and say, hey, pass the gravy. <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking? What's, what's going on with this guy? Is this guy nuts? Is he lost? Is he, he just gone crazy? Is he gonna rob us? Nah, he's not welcome at the table, at least not in that way, is he? He's got the wrong identity. He doesn't have the right credentials. His name doesn't say, in my case, Lalonde. In, in John's case, Lipinski. And so we have to have that identity to have a certain destiny, don't we? And the stranger isn't coming to the table without an invite. So identity determining destiny. Jesus is building something, he's creating something, and it is called the church. This thing isn't made of. Of brick and of mortar and of stone and walls and wood it's not measured by the campus square footage it's not measured by the steeple height or the power of the 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 sound system it's not measured measured by the number of people or how big the bank account is it's not his church is it how is his church measured his church is measured by lives changed his church is known by lives changed. And church, I want to encourage you, don't accept any substitutes, okay? I know Pastor John's heart and the other people that are here and so many of you, we have uh, like spirit, but it's easy even for good people to get lost in the motion of the business along the way. Have you ever seen that happen? It's easy and it happens. We get lost in the motion. We started off passionate, didn't we? We started off full of God. We started off full of unction and, and a desire to serve and to see God move. And then after a little bit of success, however we measure that, we can measure it in a lot of ways, we start to do a lot of the same stuff, but the heart gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And guess what happens? All of the outside stuff doesn't change, but the heart of the matter had been lost somewhere along the way and the building keeps going and the bus keeps going and its wheels keep spinning around and round. and without the life of Jesus living big in each of our hearts, without our hearts having been transformed and overflowing like rivers of living water, all we are are wheels on the bus going round, round and round. And you know what? If Mr. Potter were the pastor, I suppose we could call him Pastor Potter to actually even, what would the church look like if Pastor Potter were the pastor? That would be it, wouldn't it? It would be the money in the bank. It would be the size of the building. It would be number of names on the roll, how many people could fit in the the auditorium, how many services we had, how great the parking lot looked. We can think of a million exterior things if Pastor Potter's and the pencil pushers like Pastor Potter are in charge of the church, can't we? You know who needs to be in charge of the church, church? Jesus ought to be in charge of the church. And I need to encourage you, accept no substitutes. It means that we have to pay attention we have to guard our own hearts because when Jesus is in charge of the church, when almighty God is in the charge of the church, we have more than just good sermons. We have more than people who can rely on a gift to speak or to sing or to do whatever they do. Do you know what? Politicians can speak, church. Lawyers can speak, church. I've heard some, some appeals to juries that would have been great sermons But I happen to know the lawyer did not know God. All of those exterior things mean zip, zero, zilch, unless the Holy Spirit is full in the place. And church, I know that we're starting off in that vein. We're starting off and we're full guns ahead, moving in that vein. I pray that you will help us, that you will help us to stay on task. Church, I invite you in my life that if you see the Spirit of God dwindling in my life, if you sense the reality of God dwindling in my life, I challenge you and I invite you to call me on it. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Dan, you've been studying lately? What's God been saying to you lately, Dan? How's your private worship, Dan? Call me on it, church. And if you let me, I'd like to do it with you, too, because we run together. The church is not a lone sport. As much as I would enjoy church being like chess sometimes, where it's all my control, right? And chess, great. We just get to do the thing that we want to do when we want to do it and take our time and, and think it through. Church isn't chess, Church is made up of all kinds of wonderful, very different, very flawed and even very broken people. But somehow, some way, Jesus builds his church, and he does it one heart at a time. These are the stones from which the Lord Jesus Christ and Almighty God through him build his church. One heart at a time. No mass things happening in the kingdom of God. One heart at a time. Pastor John, the Bible says that the angels rejoice when one heart turns to God. Church, they are paying attention to us. The angels are paying attention to you and to us collectively. They're watching down and they're wondering about the things that God is doing through the church, through this thing that he's building one heart at a time. And you know what? All of those hearts that he touches and that he uses to build his church, they're not all the same, are they? There's some weird ones in there. Now, I didn't mean to look at you back there, brother, when I said that. Weird. When I'm talking about the weird ones, I mean, you, you guys know me. I, I'm talking about me first. I can get pretty strange and pretty into my stuff and my way and, and my thinking. Sometimes I need people to come up and, hey, you in there, buddy? Did you check out? you go, go somewhere? Even the weird ones are part of the church, aren't they? The oddballs, the screwballs, the people who feel like a square peg in a round hole. Am I in the wrong place? Come on, I know there are some people who feel like a square peg in a round hole sometimes. Guess what? You're in the right place. We want you. We want you with all of your peculiarities, all of your personality flaws, all of the things that bother other people. We want you. You know why we want you? Because almighty God builds his church one heart at a time. And he doesn't, like a chess on a board, they move the piece around. When it's stuck, pawn to pawn, boom, it's gone, right? That's not the way the church works, is it? One heart at a time, I will build my church. And its success, of course, isn't determined by all of those worldly ways. It's just so easy. Did you guys know that that I wrote a book that's a, that's a little joke, but I'm, I'm setting up a joke. It's true. It's true. I did. It's not very good. It was self-published, so <laughs> take that for what it's will. But you know what? There are places that judge success by the number of books a pastor has sold or written. Did you know that? There are places that judge how well the pastor is doing by how many people are coming. Do you know that Pastor John could have started this thing and there could have been 100, and he could have had to labor for how long, Pastor John? Maybe a year? Maybe two years, 150, 200? I firmly believe that if something is, is living, it's growing. Don't, don't get me wrong there. My, my point is, there are a lot of places where if a pastor hasn't shown a 20% increase in a given year, he's on waivers, like you were a baseball player, church. Jesus builds the church, and there are some people there and in that church who are not always performers. Oh, my, my, my. You better look at somebody and say, you know what? There's some people. No, 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 don't. Don't do that. But it's true. Anybody here not always on their A game? Now I want to ask you something else. I know every hand should have gone up there. You guys are just, you just ate too much over the holiday, right? There's times when we're all not performing well. But I want to ask you this. And when those times are happening, do you feel comfortable telling your most religious friends that you're not performing well? You're comfortable in picking out the most religious people you know? The ones who always have a Bible verse. They always say, uh, oh, too blessed to be stressed. And, you know, that kind of stuff. 17 K love stickers on the back of the car. And (laughs) are those the people you go to when you're telling, hey, man, I'm hurting. It's not happening for me. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Church, you and all of your insecurities are welcome here, and they're welcome in the church, the capital C church, the church universal, the one God purchased with his own blood. You are welcome in that church, regardless of what, what any silly institution a man tries to tell you. You come to Jesus under his terms. You are welcome in his church forever. I want to look just a little bit deeper at this text, and I want to talk just a little bit about... I'm going to have to watch my time here. Let's see. All right, we're counting up. Okay. <laughs> I, I saw that twenty minutes, and I thought, "Man, we're we're counting down." No, it's counting up. No, it yeah, it was Michael. Yeah, it's Michael. Michael takes the blame for everything. No, it's it's okay. I want to talk just a little bit about. So, what are the characteristics of this church? You know, what are these things that are happening within us that are changing us, and what do we have to look forward to when we come to the Lord? When we when we seek God, let's take a quick look at at our text here and see if we can spot any of these identity things. We are coming to him, it says in First Peter, as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but it's choice. Just keep a bookmarker on that word choice. But is choice and precious in the sight of God. Precious is another great one. Precious in the sight of God. You also, make a mark at living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. All of these identity things that happen within the life of a believer. The minute we say, I believe. Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are choice and precious. I want you just to say it within your heart, church. Don't say it so anybody can hear. I want you to say in your heart, I am choice. I am precious. I am choice. I am precious to God. Is that possible? God of the universe? God that created the stars and the winds and the waves and the sunrise and the sunset, he looks at me. I am choice, and I am precious. I want to tell you weepers out here, those of you that have been crying this week, maybe even this very day, because just the stress is getting to you. The season is getting to you. The reality of life is getting to you. You are choice, and you are precious to God. That word choice there, it means to be select, to be preeminent, to be excellent. It even means a favorite, a favorite. Ephesians 1, 4, it says that he chose us, choice, chose us, in him before the creation of the world. Church, you were on the mind of God. We were on the mind of God. Choice and precious. Precious, honorable, highly regarded, dearly valued. Think of something in your life, a person probably, that is just precious to you. Just precious. I could think of, I could think of many, but try to really get one that's just oh, precious to me. Church, I want to say, even though he hasn't told me directly, that you are more precious to God than that person is to you. And I think I can say that reasonably because God's capacity to appreciate is so much bigger than our capacity to appreciate. You are more precious than the most precious thing that you can think of to Almighty God. We are living stones. Now, I want to just stay here for... um, Oh, I think at least a minute, right? (laughs) We are living stones it doesn't say dead stones like the temple and that's what the whole thing is a it's a comparison between the old testament temple and the new testament church which isn't dead square cold stones but but living stones that we are living stones stones that aren't made with perishable material stones that aren't composed of matter but stones that are made up of redeemed souls a temple More appropriate for an infinite God. Living stones rather than perfect stones, right? We talked about that a little bit. Perfect stone. Picture a perfect stone. Mark, I know you're a sharp guy. You've got to have a perfect stone in your mind, right? No, I don't want to put you under pressure. But there isn't a perfect stone. Is there a perfect stone? There's no such thing as a perfect stone. Even if you cut it and chisel it, they're always a little bit different. Not perfect stones, living stones. And the living part of that calculation is his job, not ours. We come to him as dead stones. He animates that stone. It's the identity thing that we're talking about. Living stones, and stones are all different. They're big, they're small, they're oval, they're square, they're flat, they're round. Some are sharp. Church, that's who we are. Everybody is different. But you know what, the, the, the people that I love to hang around with and I love to talk to, they, they think kinda like I do. The ones that I can sit down and have a great big long conversation, they think about politics the way that I do. They think about matters in the church the way that I do. Do you know that tolerance ought to be a Christian virtue? in the mind of the church? I know when you say tolerance in the church, we start to talk, oh man, I have a right to refuse service. Hey, how about if we were known for our serving and not our right to refuse service? Living stones from a God who's perfect, who lets you in the door just like you were. Church, there are people who need to come through the door That are not like us. They don't look like us. They don't smell like us. They don't like the things that we like. And guess what? They don't think like we do. They want to come in the door. And if they come in through the sheepfold, which is Jesus Christ, you better believe I'm opening the door. You might want to kick me right out when I start to do that. You come in by the door, which is Jesus, you're welcome in the church. And it might take your whole darn life to get over those those little quirks in your personality that everybody hates. And you may never do it. You're still in the church. And you're still valuable to the church. And you still have something to offer to the church. And God can use you. Church, don't be held back. Don't let any person hold you back. God is an infinite, big, creative, out-of-the-box God Man, and we can just make them so small, so small. These, these are our favorite doctrines. One, two, three, uh-huh, uh-huh, you're in. No, it doesn't work that way. And I'm not saying, believe me, that doctrine is unimportant, Pastor. Doctrine is important. Basic tenets of the faith are important. But when that list starts getting this long, you know, these are all of our doctrines that define us. Hey, our doctrines have gotten too many. When doctrines aren't bringing people in. Doctrines aren't saying, hey, welcome. They're saying, hey, you need to stay away. Living stones as opposed to dead stones. And this last one, I'm not going to be able to get to all of them. But this last one is that we are being built. You see that in the text, being built? Living stones being built. That is a progressive verb. That is a verb that does not connote finished action. It connotes ongoing action. We are being built. That means it doesn't stop. There is no being built until you reach 50. Being built until you've suffered this and you've suffered that and you've lost this and you've lost that. Hey, we're being built along the way and we keep being built built. And church, this thing is what I need to think about. If I think it's really cool that God lets me in the door while I'm being built, hey, I better be cool with letting somebody else in the door while they're being built. Moms, dads, all of my kids are here. And they'll tell you, we didn't always have a great time and they weren't always great kids. Am I telling the truth? Come on. Yes, of course I am. They, they, would, they, would, they would honor me in that, I'm sure. But you know what? They were always around my table. My door was always open because they were part of the family. They were in. They had the right identity to be around that table. And even though sometimes they were some real knuckleheads, Pastor, and I never wondered if they were ever going to get through some of that baloney. Well, here they are and they're, they're all doing well and we love them, and, but the point is, man, you are welcome around the table. God lets you in and he begins building you and he begins building you and he builds line upon line and precept upon precept and he builds and he keeps building until the day he takes us home. Church, be encouraged, be encouraged. You know, empires come and they go. There are some really rich, powerful empires. The Persian Empire, the Ottoman Empire, the Roman Empire. You know where they're at today? They're gone. Anybody know where where Nabisco is today? How about Standard Oil? Come on, these were huge companies, weren't they? Nabisco and Standard Oil, gone. I was looking back at some, I I like a, a good movie once in a while, and I was looking back at movie history at some of the Academy Award winners back in the 30s and the 40s, and I did some reading and looking at some of these Academy Award winners. Do you know that back in the day, in the 30s and the 40s, these people were it for society? They were on top of the world Academy Award winners Everybody knew their name. They had all the work they could think about. They couldn't even walk down the street without somebody wanting an autograph. On top of the world, do you, I would venture to guess that today, most of us couldn't even name most of their names here and gone like a breath. Church, but I want to tell you, that is not our fate as believers in the Lord. He said, I will. Build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. You are that church. You are those bricks that he was talking about. I will build my church, and you are precious to me. You are choice to me. You are my favorite, and I welcome you with open arms. Precious and choice in the sight of God are his people. And I just want to tell you in closing before we pray that if you don't know the Lord that way, if you aren't one of those living stones being built up to be a royal priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices to God, if your identity has never been changed from the inside, all you have to do is look to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Come and talk with me. Talk with one of the pastors and we'll stick it it out with you, church. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, you are a good, good God. We love you, Lord. And we're so grateful for your patience with your people. And Lord, I thank you that I am numbered among this group of living stones today who are being built up in a holy faith. Lord, I pray for each person represented, each marriage represented, each family represented. I pray that you would draw us closer to you, O God, that you would open up the eyes of our understanding, Lord, that we might see things that we've never seen before, that we might know things that we've never known before, that we might enjoy a relationship with the God of the universe like we have never known. Lord, let it be so. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.